It's incredible news. Becky Lynch defends her title in the first ever last woman standing match against Charlotte Flair. How do you feel about being in your first ever last woman standing match? I'm honored and... I have one question. Uh, who invited you here? You want some advice? You gotta do what I'm doing. You gotta strike them before they strike you. These two former best friends intent on destroying one another. At WWE Evolution, when I win back my SmackDown Women's Championship, I won't just be standing over a defeated opponent. This rivalry cannot be controlled. I'll be standing over a friend who lost her way. Who are you? You're never getting the toilet. Welcome to Last Match Standing, the podcast where we review, relive, and rank the 100 greatest wrestling matches of all time. As always, I'm Spencer. Gosh darn it, I'm Michael Cole. <laughs> and I'm Mike Kyoto. And today, we are coming to you from October the 28th, 2018, from the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York, for the first and only ever all-women's WWE pay-per-view, WWE Evolution. And we have Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair in a last woman standing match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. It's also the very first time we've done this match stipulation. Really? Yes, it is. I think you're right. On, have, la- on, a, on a podcast called Last Match Standing. <laughs> this, we is our first, any... so, this is our first last person standing match. Huh. Well, uh, this is a huge night. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I went back and watched the opening match of Evolution, Trish and Lita. You had to. Versus Alicia Fox and Mickey James. It was fun. You had it to. It's, it's always good. It's always good to go back and watch that. I was disappointed at the time because yeah. originally it was supposed to be singles matches, and I think it was originally supposed to be Trish versus uh, Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, yep. what a match that would have been. Mm-hmm. We never got it, which was a bummer. Uh, but, boy, do I love seeing Trish and Lita back in the ring, so that's fun. Uh, but a, a big, big night. Um, a, really, a weird time in in terms of like timeline wise for the WWE at this point because they're a couple weeks away from Crown Jewel, where there will be no women. And so here is the that's all why they did this show. Right. I, I think they did it because well, we can't bring women to to Saudi Arabia, so let's have all the women here, and then we'll send all the men to go do Crown Jewel, and then we'll pay them in blood money. It's just you know, there's a lot of thoughts. And uh, I'm sure you listening have a lot of thoughts, and we definitely have a lot of thoughts. Um, the but worst match of all time happened on that show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for worst match standing. Worst match oh, standing. it's pretty bad. Uh, but before we get into this last woman standing match, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, another huge, huge thank you to our friends at the Then Now Whatever podcast, Duncan and Kyle. Man, if you guys did not get a chance to listen to Last Tape Standing, definitely go back and listen to it because it was really the most fun, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was a blast. I want to do it again. It was the best. I can't wait to work with them again. I, that I stand was by what I said, though. We should, like, the ne- next time we work with them, it should be the worst tape. We're, yeah, worst tape standing. We'll do it. <laughs> and it has to be a tape that was in our possession. It can't just be like, oh, we're all going to do Heroes of Wrestling. No, you have to actually own a copy. I think I have a New Year's Revolution DVD that might uh, go oh, really well. With I this. have Extreme Rules 2009. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. There's like one kid, man. So, so then now, whatever, we are more than looking forward to the next time we get to collaborate. Uh, make sure you go listen to their uh, podcast on SoundCloud or on Apple Music uh, or any other place, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you can find their podcasts as well as ours. Um, and you can follow them on Twitter at TNW Podcast as well. So, again, thanks so much, guys. Uh, for listening to that and supporting us and them because it was really, really fun. Uh, but a couple of other things. Don't forget, 
Uh, we kind of didn't <laughs> talk about it too much last week because we were collaborating, but uh, a reminder that's really, really special uh, with our brand new edition of two new Patreon tiers. Landon, tell us more. We have the two-time Slammy Award winner. Right now, you may be a Slammy Award winner, but if you decide to upgrade to a two-time Slammy Award winner, you will be able to literally have your opinion on the show. <laughs> Very possible that uh, you know, you'll, you'll just send us your opinion, let us know what you think about this week's match, and we may choose your voice to be featured right here alongside us on the show. You know what I love about that is a lot of times I find that we're almost in like a gridlock, like a stalemate. So something like that, or one a, a patron's uh, opinion on the match could be what sways us maybe one way or the other. So I think that's a pretty good opportunity. It's a fantastic idea. It's definitely something that we crave, right? We, we need oh, yeah. that. We need more... Uh, th- we need more people to help us with this list because it's very, very difficult to do every single week. It's harder and harder and harder. Um, so that's the new $10 tier. And uh, you'll get a personalized message from me in an impersonation of your choice. I will not say anything offensive, though. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, he totally will. Uh, no, so, I will not. <laughs> the next tier up, the Lexorcist tier, is the $20 tier. And if you are so generous enough to choose that tier, you will immediately be sent a last match standing T-shirt. And you will have exclusive access to merch as it comes out. Uh, you'll be the first one to know. And we definitely uh, want to offer a little bit something extra to our Lexorcist fans. So, if you are a Lexorcist, you will have the opportunity to be featured on a trivia episode to go one-on-one with us. It's really one-on-three, well, w- but... <laughs> well, <laughs> but, I don't but know. We're all, we're, all, we're all against each well, other. I don't so. know. Maybe maybe it'll be one-on-one with the last match standing champion at the time. Maybe it'll be around, you know, round robin. I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll fi- work we'll out the details. Out. But. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all I know is that if you are a Lexorcist and you are a challenge us, just know if, that you can prepare all you want to, but Hope's going to be the ones making the questions. <laughs> yeah. So good luck. And you don't stand a chance. And your t-shirts are too tight too, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, guys. Anything else we need to uh, cover before we move on? I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> another Lex Luger. <laughs> quote in there. Thank if you, you want your voicemail to be <laughs> balls. <laughs> oh, I'll do my Lex Luger impression. Please give it give it give him a sample. What is it? What a disgusting, despicable lack lack of respect. Come in here, have a match with Ron Kellings? Or what what is it? Super 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 Show? Super Saturday? What's it called? Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? Can you afford to pay me? God! <laughs> and your teachers are too tight too, Billy. <laughs> Look at me. I'm one of the biggest stars in this entire business. I'm pissed now. And if you don't know what we're talking about. And the door's locked too. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> Put it in a Google machine. That's so good. Um, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> in Uniondale, New York, on the night of October 28th, uh, 2018, on commentary, we have... Michael Cole, but we also have Renee Young and Beth Phoenix at the commentary table, uh, and referee Mike Kyoto. For the first time ever. First time ever, every time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> first time on the podcast. Welcome, Mike Kyoto. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have him here. Uh, but, guys, this is a match um, that is one of those firsts in WWE, right? And, and it's something that we've had sort of a lot of, especially from that like 2015 to 2018, 2019 time, a lot of firsts in the WWE in terms of the women's division. And this is one of those matches, uh, the first ever last woman standing match in WWE history. So uh, how did we get here? That's, that's the important part. Well, Charlotte's record at pay-per-views in general is absolutely ridiculous. For real. And yeah, she only loses on television. Pretty much. <laughs> this is the beginning of Becky's rise to being the face of the company. Yeah, this is so, this is pre the man, and I got to be honest, I was like, oh, the man doesn't come to the Royal Rumble. Yeah, well, looking back, right, you see how these two are on this meteoric rise, kind of at their own pace, and this was just a huge matchup at the time. Yeah, uh, no, oh, no wow. doubt about it. Uh, and I think what's really, really interesting is how 
these two women's careers are intertwined while also feeling very far apart at the beginning of this feud, at the beginning of this rivalry. Well, they they allude to WrestleMania 32 a couple times during this match, and I think it's kind of fitting because that was like Charlotte's big moment being the first women's champion and then would then become the like the Raw champion. Mm-hmm. Everybody forget the very first SmackDown women's champion was Becky Lynch. Yeah, and I, so I think that's something that's important to note, right? So the brand split in 2016. And yes, they stayed split for a few minutes. And uh, Charlotte ended up being the number two draft pick for Raw and, and the number three draft pick overall. Whereas Becky was the number six draft pick for SmackDown, but she was um, the first female drafted on SmackDown, the third woman overall behind Charlotte and Sasha, who were both drafted was to it Raw. Like Brock, then Charlotte, and then like. Finn Balor. Yeah, AJ was up there. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, it was like, you. when I saw this, I'm like, those are interesting picks. So <laughs> that was 2016. That was a, a few months, about a year, really, after the three of the four Horsewomen debut on Monday Night Raw in 2015. Fast forward a year to April of 2017 after WrestleMania, and Charlotte gets moved over to SmackDown thanks to the superstar shakeup. Right. I mean, I could have you know what I could have done is said literally any phrase and you would have believed me that that's what they called it. Uh, (laughs) Well, the superstar shake up was basically Vince going, "Okay, we made a bad idea. So let's just shake things up. Let's move people back to where they were. Right. And And at that point, Charlotte had already been a four time raw women's champion in just that basically year span. Uh, on Monday Night Raw. Uh, in, the, in the meantime, Becky had been the first SmackDown Women's Champion, like you said, Paul. But after she loses the belt to Alexa Bliss, which I think was like the Luchadora, La Luchadora time. Oh, it was. Uh, story. It was. Do you remember that? It was Mickey James oh, under the mask. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, Becky lost the belt and hadn't regained it. And it had been two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. It had been two years by the time we reached SummerSlam of 2018, which is where these, this rivalry really kicks off. Uh, when Charlotte made her appearance on SmackDown after the shakeup, uh, she teams with Becky and their friends and their besties. They're supposed to be besties. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're part of the four horsewomen together. Exactly. And, you know, they've got the T thing, right? So they're supposed to be really, you know, close together. And I found it really funny as I was prepping for this match. Uh, I, I was watching all the, the segments and the matches and things. And uh, backstage at one point, uh, while Charlotte and Becky are tagging together, they have a tag match together and things go well. And afterwards they talk about it and they say, you know what? We're, we're good. We can totally still keep tagging, even though we're going after the same women's title. And Charlotte says, yeah, it's not like we're Sasha and Bailey. And this was 2018. Oh man. And here we are, you know, it's, it's September, 2020. And that same Sasha Bailey thing is still Still going on. Isn't that interesting? uh, I love it. Yeah. Long-term storytelling. Sometimes it's done correctly. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes. Even if it's an accident, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I mean, uh, this even ha- is is long term storytelling because you can trace the roots of this back all the way back to PCB, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever it was Paige, Charlotte, and Becky all together, they have been friends a long time. I thought you could, you could like t- like bookmark this at the moment that Ric Flair kissed Becky Lynch to distract her in a match. What was what? You don't remember this? No, yeah, they. they uh, you don't remember this? I think it's not on the network anymore. No, it's not. Yeah. But surprise, got- surprise. I yeah. think was this. When was this? It was during the 2016 Royal Rumble match. It was or, that early? or no, it was at 2016 Royal Rumble. It was that early? It was. Yeah. Oh, it was. Man. It was. It was before. Yeah. It was Mania. during Becky's title match with Charlotte at the 2016 Royal Rumble because Sasha comes out at the end of that match. Exactly. Good. Good call. Um. The match we were supposed to get at SummerSlam 2018 was supposed to be a one-on-one match between Carmella, who was the then SmackDown Women Champion because she cashed in her Money in the Bank contract on uh, Charlotte. She, she cashed in James Ellsworth's Money in the Bank. That's that's on, correct. Uh, Charlotte. Uh, after Charlotte had gotten beat up by the debuting Iconics on the main roster. I remember this. Yeah. That segment was so cringeworthy. Let's uh, pour one out for the Iconics, who tragically broke up on that's, Raw. That's true. There it is. Thanks, Landon. Uh, Landon actually poured an entire bottle of wine on the floor. There it goes. Right on the new rug, too. Yeah, that's and I'm that's not a real bummer. That, I'm not cleaning that up. No. Uh, but it was supposed to be a one-on-one match. 
And guys. Iconic! (laughs) (laughs) During the lead up to SummerSlam, Carmella and and Becky have this sort of face-to-face in the ring. Carmella attacks Becky Lynch and Charlotte comes in and makes a save. Charlotte had actually been gone for a few weeks. So she comes in and makes the save. And Paige, who's the general manager of SmackDown at the time, says, I'm going to teach you how to be a real champ. Because the real champ has the odds stacked against them all the time. And it's their way how to get over that. Okay? They don't complain about it. So tonight, you will face Charlotte Flair. And if Charlotte wins, your title match at SummerSlam will become a triple threat. So the seeds have begun to be planted because Becky Lynch, two years after losing the title, is is wanting another opportunity. And here comes Charlotte to kind of jump into her moment. Yeah, I remember this because I remember absolutely loving Becky Lynch as the champion whenever she had the original run. And then we went... Two years. Like, it it was really tough for me because I was a huge Becky fan. Mm -hmm. And so this was a big moment. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And you know what? Kind of just a bit of an aside about this is Carmella's build as champion to Uh. SummerSlam. She tapped out to Becky Lynch, (laughs) which is how Becky Lynch earned her match. She tapped out to Charlotte Flair the next week, which is how Charlotte joined the match. And then the last two weeks before SummerSlam, she was on commentary during Charlotte and Becky's tag team matches against other people. And well, I that thought, was her build as champion. And I thought Rey Mysterio had a bad run as world champion. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, she she was trained in tap before she trained as a wrestler. <laughs> oh, I see, I see what you did there. Uh, but you could tell that the, the most important part of the story was in no way Carmella and absolutely Becky and Charlotte. Uh, so that gets us to SummerSlam 2018, triple threat match, uh, Becky Lynch has Carmella in the middle of the ring. She's about to do her tap routine, but Charlotte <laughs> comes in, hits the natural selection, and pins Becky Lynch for the win. After the match, Charlotte and Becky hug until Becky turns. No, she does not turn heel because she's getting cheered. Right. So officially, the WWE tried to turn Becky Lynch heel, and they've didn't done this work. a couple okay. times. So she turned on her friend Charlotte. I didn't. But it, she was it backfired. Heel, but it backfired because she got the loudest. Loved it. She got the loudest pop of the night. Yeah, it was huge. They're like, "Oh, you're gonna get booed out of the building." They no. tried to turn Becky heel multiple times. Didn't work. Never and worked. The crowd will not abandon her. And mm-hmm. even even though it's not to the Royal Rumble that she's the man, I really think. That's the moment it started right there. Okay, you're going to get nuclear. We're going to get security. Escort you out. No, they love you more now because you beat the fuck out of Charlotte. I did. Everybody yeah. did. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so after SummerSlam, you have this build towards Hell in a Cell uh, where basically every single week, Becky attacks Charlotte in some new way. She comes out of the crowd once. She attacks in an interview once, like all these different things. Uh, and then they get to Hell in a Cell, and Becky Lynch wins the title by reversing a spear into a pin. It was a really, really neat finish. Uh, and Becky Lynch wins the title. They go for that hug moment in the middle of the ring. But instead of hugging Charlotte, Becky just raises the title. And you can see the man persona starting, right? Yeah. You can see it beginning. Uh, so, And this is part of the problem with so many pay-per-views is that between SummerSlam and Evolution, which is where we're getting to, uh, there's two pay-per-views. One of them is Hell in a Cell, and the other one is Super Showdown, which was the Australia show. Uh, and 2018? 2018. That was the good one, right? Yes. 2019 is the bad one. I think so. I think so. Uh, but again, it's basically more brawling uh, that leads into a, a match at Super Showdown where Becky uh, loses the match by disqualification. Um, Charlotte has her in the figure eight. Becky uses her title to break out of it and retains her title by getting disqualified. So, of course, that can't be the end of the feud. And now we are headed on to Evolution. And actually, the, the SmackDowns from Super Showdown to Evolution are pretty good, these segments with Becky and Charlotte. They're really, really good. The first SmackDown after Super Showdown is October 9th, and they have another match for the title. It's the opening match on SmackDown that (laughs) night, uh, which is crazy. But Becky tries to leave again with the title, and instead the match ends in a double countout, and on their way back up the ramp, Charlotte spears Becky Lynch through the LED board at the top of the stage. I remember this. I'm like... I always love that spot. I am a sucker for that. 
Every time. It, I mean, it was basically Rhino and Chris Jericho. But since, right? they, they did it first, <laughs> yeah. but that was how they wrote out the old SmackDown logo. I loved it. I loved it. The next week on SmackDown was October 16th, SmackDown 1000. SmackDown 1000, which meant that CM Punk was going to turn on The Rock. <laughs> Sorry, that was Raw 1000. But I remember Raw 1000. Yeah, I love Raw show. 1000. No, no, it wasn't. I, I loved it. I realized when no, I going the, back, uh, I would hate it. But the, the closing moments are great, but go back and rewatch the whole thing. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably not for the best. Uh, isn't, wasn't uh, Daniel Bryan and AJ Lee's wedding that night, and then AJ if, was the general manager? If you want to call it a wedding, yes. So good. They I, don't actually get... No. I do. No, sorry. When I said I do, I meant I accept on behalf of Mr. McMahon, <laughs> who offered me a job as a general manager. I loved it. I, it's it's like, dumb, but I loved it. Did anyone come out of a cake? There was no cake. Then it's not worth it. <laughs> uh, but on SmackDown 1000, we had Edge there that night, because big SmackDown star Edge, right? Uh, and he hosts The Cutting Edge, and his guest is Becky Lynch. Um, and this is when... He told her she had grit. <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, this is when Becky Lynch really starts to grow into herself on the microphone um, because Edge is trying to give her like this, this cautionary tale about turning on all your friends, right? And he says, I'm going to tell you that the end result of all the choices that you're making right now, you know how it ends? It ends with you sitting in your home, staring at the championships on the wall reminiscing about all of your accomplishments by yourself. But Becky, here's the kicker. You won't even like yourself. Yeah, well... You're right. I uh, I don't I don't like myself. I love myself. Now stop being so condescending to the champ and get out of my ring. Careful you don't hurt your neck again going through those ropes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. She only, she only was allowed to say that because like he had just gotten checked out. I was like, okay, your neck's not as bad as it was. Take it easy. You'll be fine. Crazy, right? Like I just remember it like it was yesterday when that happened. Uh, Charlotte comes out. They brawl. And basically the build from Super Showdown to Evolution is a lot of brawling. But what I think is really, really cool about this is that Becky and Charlotte were in the main event segment of SmackDown more than half the time on this build from SummerSlam. Like, all the way from SummerSlam, they were in the main event segments of SmackDown almost the whole time. And this is why we have an AJ Styles Samoa Joe WWE Championship feud going on. And so I think it speaks a lot to how important this rivalry between Charlotte and Becky was. I just You mentioned AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Like I think I'm the only person that liked that program everybody else hated it and i'm like this is great well the thing is like we had seen aj styles and samoa joe go at it a million years earlier when they were before this Mm -hmm. when they were not Mm -hmm. in their 40s right and so whenever you know what they have done and then they go into a program whenever you know what they were allowed michael hayes is telling them what they should be doing never mind i'm not gonna go there you should uh you should just brawl and do one move <laughs> and just do that one move for 35 minutes. People are going to love it. If you don't do it, Vince McMahon's going to fire you. Bad Street, Atlanta, GA. If you don't, if you don't get drunk Bad and piss on Linda in an airplane, you're going to be fired. <gasps> the further down the street, I the better it hate that. The further down the street, you went, the more pissed there was, apparently. <laughs> That was a great song. If you hate it, I, I love that you know the whole it. thing. Like I love that. That's Landon. It's on his iTunes. So great. <laughs> we listened to that in the car. <laughs> I yeah. It, it's definitely on. We a, sang along to it's it. It's a playlist song. It's a jam.
Uh, but, but that brings us ultimately to WWE Evolution, which can, do you guys remember the main event for this show? Wasn't Absolutely. it Ronda and Nikki Bella? Ronda yeah, it was. And Bella. And the match that I was like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> Listen, it was uh, better than I think people expected it to be. But obviously, Lynch and Flair was the show sealer well, that probably think, should have main evented. I think much like when it happened live, I'm like, why well, not? This is going to end. So I didn't watch it. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. So <laughs> like, no, no, I knew it wasn't a bad. I knew it, I knew it was the match was better than everyone thought it was going to be. But it was like one of those. Oh, gee, I wonder who's going to win. Nikki Bella or Ronda fucking Rousey. Yeah. Well, and Nikki wasn't even in the company at the time. No. Right? Like they came back to the one-off. Yeah. Oh, she's coming back. She's a, she's a part-timer. Oh, gee, I really wonder who's going to win. And it really confuses me how many people are, are wearing Nikki Bella merch. in the Like, I just, I don't Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Nikki Bella, super popular. And, I mean, the Bellas are. And whether we like it or not, they are highly successful in terms of Total Divas. I don't have to like it. I just want to understand it. Well, you well know, like, are you a Total Bellas okay, watcher? So <laughs> the Bella Twins, <laughs> they figured out very early on, okay, we're not the best wrestlers, so we're going to lean very hard into these characters. Because Nikki is like, if I just go out there and I am the most obnoxious fucking bitch on TV, people will pay attention, and more importantly, they'll pay money to see me lose. Just kidding. I'm never going to lose. I'm going to win every fucking match for two years. Longest reigning Divas champion of all time. So that way, when she does lose, it's a big deal. She beat Stephanie at SummerSlam with the deck stacked against her. Okay, I liked the build for that Stephanie McMahon summer. I did match. too. And I also loved I how did Stephanie <laughs> did most of the offense despite not being a fully trained wrestler. <laughs> well, was that that was against Brie, I thought. It, it was, was against Brie. And yeah. I, I will never forget. I don't know why it sticks in my head so much. But so I, I actually liked Brie a lot more than I liked Nikki. I'll never forget in that SummerSlam build uh, when Brie was claiming she was going to, you know, take Stephanie to court or whatever silly thing it was. <laughs> she was on the apron and she was like, okay, I'll see you in court, which she said like seven times in a row. And Stephanie McMahon was like crying. And she says, And I just remember like losing my mind. <laughs> just, like I don't even know why it got me so excited. Like it was just it was because great. you weren't expecting it. Yeah, because like was... Stephanie. Oh, finally Stephanie's like not the bad. She's get, finally getting. Nope, she's she's still in charge. <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was good. Well, uh, that's that's why the 2018. Like whenever she had her arm broken by Ronda was such a big deal because mm-hmm. nobody ever got one up on Stephanie, and here yeah. she's getting her fucking arm broken, and then the next night having it re-broken. <laughs> Speaking of the Bellas, reminds me of a line uh, from the build to SummerSlam with the triple threat with Carmella, Charlotte, and Becky, because Becky and Charlotte are trying to talk about how they're going to have to really step up their game to beat the other one, while Carmella's talking about how good she looks. Like, that's what she has over the other two, is that she's, she's more beautiful, right? <laughs> and so Charlotte says... You want, and you know, seriously, and you wonder why the WWE universe doesn't respect you? Really? Oh, I know. Maybe it's because you're a diva living in a women's era. Ooh, that's a that is a good. That shit. is a burial. That's, that's a good one there. That is a um, burial right there. But okay, let's get to this match, right? All right, so first ever last woman standing match. Let's fucking do it! Charlotte Flair, to your point that you made earlier, has 24 pay-per-view wins at this point. Jeez. Right, 24 pay-per-view wins at this point. And what I think is really interesting, and listen, Cole is never good, but um, he gives us a really good stat early on during Becky Lynch's entrance. He says that ever since they debuted on the main roster, which is July 13th, 2015, Becky and Charlotte had had 11 one-on-one matches up to this point. Ooh. Their record against each other? It's like 10 and 1. 5, 5, and 1. Oh, man. Um, that's really, really interesting coming yeah. into this match. Isn't that good? That's so good. What, what I really enjoyed is that while Cole was kind of saying, and you know, that was what some people say is the start of the women's revolution. I'm like, no, it isn't. Stop talking. Stop using that word. Like, stop. 
I, I'm tired of this company rewriting history. <laughs> it's like that was not the beginning. The beginning happened like two years earlier with with acts like Caitlin and AJ Lee. That's when it started. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. built. So built. I, I do want to say um, that it was very noticeable that you, you, typically they have pay-per-views in these huge arenas and you can see they pan to the audience a whole lot. You could tell in this show they got out to the ring and the house lights were very, very dark. And so attendance for this show was 10,900, which is considerably lower mm-hmm. than a standard show. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, I can't believe that it's because of the card because it's the card not- was good. It's actually a good show. Mm-hmm. So I just think this is an interesting thing to note. So it's something that I that really stood out to me I, when we were watching. I it. think it's because only like the true hardcore fans are going to be like, "I'm not going to a show with only women." Mm. So you get the really diehard wrestling fans who were there, and the crowd was great. They were, and yeah, they were really into it. The whole did time. you notice who's in the front row? The guy who's in the front row of every pay per view, green shirt, hat head. Yeah, <laughs> he's at every. Sh- I think the earliest confirmed appearance of him is 2014. I want you to keep in mind what you just said about the crowd and the way it looks and the set is kind of minimal, right? It's, it is. It's pretty basic. Just keep that in mind. It, I'm going to bring up a, a point later. That okay, yeah. I thought you might have something to say about it. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, you know what? I'll bring it up now. Uh, I was I was reading about this match and just kind of looking at the, the background, and I found a really great article um, from Vice Sports, right? And okay. this article on Vice Sports, written by Mr. Ian Williams, I will give him credit, uh, he says... That uh, in referring to this match, he says it was delightfully, deliriously old school. <laughs> the camera work wasn't WWE's usual queasy standard, and yeah. something about the longer shots, darkened arena, and insane bumps made it feel like something out of Greensboro Coliseum in the 1980s. That sense of timelessness that you've been here before and will be again is the mark of a great match. You know what I think happened? I just got chills. You know what I think happened, guys? The A team. You know, like Kevin Dunn and everybody else, they were all in Saudi Arabia. So this was the B team who were like, let's shoot this like it's an NWA show. B team, B team, go, go, go. Uh, yeah, I totally got that too. Uh, no, Paul, I think you're absolutely right. Like this did feel like that old school AWA, you know, house lights off. What's going on in the ring is what matters here. Yeah, there's not going to be red or blue or themed lights on the crowd. The crowd, you can see a few people. You can kind of see those first couple rows, but they just disappear and all the attention's on the ring Mm -hmm. because you're watching a wrestling show. I don't give a shit about the crowd. I want to watch the wrestling. It felt different. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. And it's a feel that I think I liked really for the most part Um, because I think something that we generally agree on is the overproduction at times. And This is is underproduced. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. It was like, man, it's nice to see, like, refreshing to see this. Like, when they were like, just go wrestle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have to worry about cutting to the crowd every three seconds. And by the way, I timed it. SummerSlam, the longest camera take was five seconds, I counted. SummerSlam 2020? Yeah. 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 Uh, but it, and, and it makes this feud feel even more important. Yeah. Right, because it's the first ever women's pay-per-view. The lights are on them and not on a whole lot of other distractions. And so you give this match its time. Uh, and, and they did. This match is over 28 minutes long. Uh, and it starts uh, kind of some back-and-forth action. I, I, I love this because like very, very, very early on, Charlotte hits a big boot, and then like she starts doing the flare strut. <laughs> well, Becky's like, what the fuck? And then Keanu's like, one! What are you doing? Two! Oh, right. And she gets up. Oh, shit, I got to get up. My, I the, love that. So set the precedent early. Right. Yeah. My favorite thing about that that you're talking about, Paul, is that the very next time Becky knocks Charlotte down, Mike Kyoto starts counting again. And then Cole and then, says, oh, that's the first count of the night, which uh, it wasn't. It was very much the second. second. It's kind of like, like how this is the first appearance of Keep Mike Kyoto, but not really. And I got to say, Mike Kyoto... He's all in for this match. He's into it. And, and it's really fun to see. I love the opening sequence of reversals. These two, like we, we talked about, they're best friends. Obviously, 
they know what the other is going to do oh, yeah. before they do it. So, so what does that mean that for means... what they're going to have to do to beat each other in a last woman standing match? This is a demanding kind of match. It... So what does someone who knows each other so what, what are they supposed to do? It means a couple of things. It means, A, Becky, being an Irishwoman, uses European uppercuts. Hell yeah. Hey, Love look at it. that. Love it. Uh, two, it also means she's going to do the Bexploder from every conceivable place in <laughs> and outside that ring. Thank God for Becky Lynch bringing the Exploder Suplex back uh, uh, to WWE. The Bexploder Suplex. So beautiful love to watch. It. And also, really Sami Zayn does it too. But I just, I just feel like, but and this is something honest. that we talked about on the Bad Blood episode, about Hell in a Cell ending feuds. Last Woman Standing has the same sort of feel, right? These women know each other so well that they're going to start reversing each other in the ring. Like, they just know each other. They well, the reversal's like, uh, coming so quickly. Like, but I think one of my favorite moments in the match is Becky goes for a backsploder and Charlotte just turns into a back suplex. And it's like, there you go. That's how you reverse that move. You literally just step, turn, pivot, bam. Yep. Roll the hips. I forgot to mention that that was onto a pile of chairs. <laughs> yeah. So, so we have a really uh, interesting use of weapons in the first 10 minutes of the match. Oh, the kendo stick is out within the first five. Uh, Becky strikes Charlotte with the kendo sticks. I mean, six oh, times, gosh. I think, very, very quickly. And then they, of course, start piling the chairs in the ring, and that's when that back suplex comes Oh, out. no, no, I love this because, like, so she knocks some welts into Charlotte with that kendo stick, and then it breaks, so she throws it away. Then she grabs a chair, throws it in the ring, and then Charlotte grabs a chair and throws her chair in the ring. And you just keep throwing more chairs in the ring. It makes me wonder... We get an ECW chant when they do It this. makes me wonder what a certain bingo hall in Philly would have thought they of. They were chanting ECW when this was going on. I'm like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> it's just like, Beck Sploder, nope. Back suplex onto the pile of chairs. You know, Becky gets her payback real quick. Oh, she hits a fucking Uranagi. Uranagi on the chairs on <laughs> She hits Charlotte. a, oh, what a maneuver. Because like, you don't know what a Uranagi is, do you, Cole? I, I will say something that's, that I that I thought of as we were watching this match as Becky starts to take control here after the Uranagi on the chairs. I hear uh, Renee or Beth, and I can't remember which one it was, they say that they haven't seen Charlotte um, really be on, on the defense that much. It was Renee Young. She said, I, I can't imagine that we've seen <laughs> Charlotte on the defense as much as we have in this match. Oh, yeah. and, then, and then I thought to myself, no one's ever handled The Undertaker like this. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite one of the match is uh, after we get the moves on the chairs, Becky hits Charlotte with a chair, and you hear the crowd going, you deserve this. <laughs> As she's getting hit with a chair. That repeatedly. does bring us to our last match standing sign of the oh, night. Oh, dear. Last match standing sign of the night. and Something we do on every episode, every episode we, fail. We never miss it. And <laughs> this week from Uniondale, New York, the sign of the night, Comic Sans rules. Yeah. <laughs> Comic Sans rules as Charlotte does a moonsault onto a table that does not fucking break. Let me tell you and something. It looks sore as hell. If you may think you have bad luck, but no one has as much bad luck as Charlotte Flair does with a table. Oh <laughs> I mean, no, man. No. They they make contact and then Charlotte bounces off and the table falls over. And I'm like, that oh, hurts. No. That's gonna go on Botchmania. No. But the way she does put Becky through the table kind of pays off for Flip her. sent on, and that table fucking explodes. Yeah, it looks yeah. good. Yeah, it looks And it good. makes the most, like, like the sound Yeah, it, it doesn't makes. explode. There's a very clear cut. Yeah. <laughs> no, like but a very <laughs> clean break, actually. The sound that that table makes when it breaks is like a, this is breaking strictly from the force, not from the weight. Yeah. Because I remember thinking when I'm watching, oh, they're both like, what, a buck 30? Well, and that's, why, and that's why I think that we have, we've had over the last few years so many table spots that kind of went something like this, right? Because they just don't have the weight well, that, that would put well, them through the table. Well, me and my partner have a running joke that every time a table breaks in the W, it's a completely perfect straight line directly in the middle of the table. But you watch other companies, the tables just explode. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's confetti everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, that table exploded. Not, know, that table broke perfectly in half. You know, this match does bring back memories to this story. And, and I may have told this story before on the podcast, but where Michelle McCool and Melina were on Raw and they went out there and had a stellar competitive match and they go backstage and they get scolded for, quote, looking better than the guys. Well, then the guys better fucking step it up. And then you have a match like this decade later which is head and shoulders above any last man standing match I think we've seen from WWE in recent years. 
Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And part of that is because I think that Charlotte and Becky, and, and this is just sort of, I think, the mindset of, quote-unquote, the women's evolution, right? The women's revolution is they have to be innovative. And yeah. they're gonna, they have a chip on their shoulder. They're going to go out and oh, prove they have to you that they deserve chips their on their shoulders chances. in this match. Becky does a fucking explosive chip under the goddamn ladder. And I was like, fuck, sick. Even I wouldn't do that. And then I think Charlotte gets her revenge when she does the figure eight with Becky's legs trapped in the ladder. Oh, it's absolutely brutal. And I, and I remember thinking, that, that can't... And I watched her, like, force her leg through, and I'm like, oh, no, that hurts. So I'm, I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, okay, well, this is going to completely change the game. This is the last woman standing match. You're taking out her legs... In the most brutal fashion you possibly and, 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 can, and then Becky starts tapping, and I'm, and then you see Kyoto going. Nope. I loved that. <laughs> I, I loved really how Kyoto loved that. like, nope, match isn't over yet. I can't break the hold. But what does Becky do? She grabs the chair, she which, the chair. by the way, there's still a pile of chairs in the middle yeah, of the ring. Thanks a lot. And she smashes the chair into Charlotte's shin, and so you're like, okay, so a ton of damage was done on Becky. But you've got to think, now we're back on even playing field. Yeah, both. Oh, we're going to take out your legs. And then, of course, they go the outside, and then go, those fucking chops, though. Good Charlotte Lord. Charlotte Flair's chops. Uh, Becky Lynch in return. Chops. Jesus Christ. You can see, because the way the camera's on them, when Charlotte chops Becky, Becky's face turns toward the camera, and every time is, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. that's what's coming out of her mouth. Like, she's not holding back. And then there was a couple of moments during this match where I just pretended that I was JR because the ladder comes back into play. And I'm like, enough with the damn ladder! <laughs> and then Becky does a leg drop off the ladder through the announce table. I'm like, yes! There's somebody at home telling me that they know how to fall. Yeah, they fall. I don't know to fall off a 20-foot ladder. You don't! <laughs> but yeah, how about that? A leg drop off the ladder through the announce table from oh Becky my to God. Charlotte. And then she just buries Charlotte under all the chairs. <laughs> she throws like three different like office chairs on her. F- fuck knows how many steel chairs. And then she throws pieces of the table on her. It's this a, is and such I'm a like, great moment. Oh, she literally buries her. I'm like, I love this shit. And then Charlotte gets up at a count of eight. And then Becky is immediately like, I'm sorry, Charlotte. I'm sorry. It's a great moment because it starts when Charlotte gets up from the announce table, oh looks my at God. Becky, and says, is that all you yeah, got? Yeah, and she's covered in bruises and welts, and then she grabs a kendo stick. And there is <laughs> something about Charlotte Flair looking at you with a quiet rage saying, is that all you got? That just sends chills oh, down yeah. my and spine. Then she I feel wails. like it's the... I'm, I'm so sorry, Paul. I feel like it's the only berry spot that I've seen where the person gets out of it. Yeah, they, you know they, they what I mean? get out of it. Uh, but yeah, she gets the fucking kendo stick, and then she spears on the outside, and I'm like, here we go. Oh, sh- and then they brawl on the outside. Oh my god, that those that kendo stick! I swear, almost took some people in the front row's heads off. Like it was that close. Well, they go to the front row and they start trading more chops, and I'm like, please stop, Paul. I would like you if you could, Landon, if you don't mind. I just think this would be really important, and I think this is the way it should be, Paul. Can you talk us through the finish of this match? Okay, so after the kendo stick receipt, followed by a spear. By the way, this has been a fucking war at this point. There's oh there destruction was a, everywhere. So before we actually get to the end, there was a moment where there's a classic heel move. Becky Lynch grabs the belt and is going to GTFO. <laughs> no. Uh, but she didn't really think this one through, right? Last woman standing. You can be anywhere, Becky. Uh, uh, but so she obviously Charlotte attacks her and she drops the belt out in the middle of the crowd. Think about that for a second. You're attending a show, and you see the live, actual women's championship yeah. on the ground. Hmm. So Kyoto goes that. and picks it up. Because yeah. <laughs> it's a professional. Uh, yeah, so it doesn't get stolen. I mean, come on. So, uh, But uh, when they get back, Charlotte fucking yeeted that camera so <laughs> hard. I feel like she took out three people in the front row. Oh, she did. Uh <laughs> But what I love is, so very, very early on, we get a we want tables chant. So they set a table up on the outside. 20 minutes later, they go to the table. And the whole time, I'm like, oh, surely Charlotte's not going to do another fucking moonsault. No, she's not, because Becky jumps under the ring apron, grabs Charlotte, and does a fucking powerbomb! Powerbomb! Through the table! Streak continues! Episode 48! The match ends! Becky wins! Becky retains. 
She may not be the man, but fuck me, this match was awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. How about that? I Listen, I love a powerbomb as much as the next guy, but this one finishes the match. Yeah, I don't know how many powerbombs we have on this list that finish matches. Not many. There's a lot of powerbombs. Yeah. So, Paul, I know I don't really have to ask you this, but favorite moments. Oh, the fucking powerbombs. Yeah, that, <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh God, I love the opening sequence when did, you can just tell that this is going to be something special. Yeah. Well, the first move of the match, Sean does a spear and then does the fucking strut while Becky gets like a three count. But, like, but no, favorite moment, uh, Charlotte throwing the camera into the front row <laughs> and, and like taking out five people. They're probably plants. It's fine. Yeah, I think the the leg drop from the ladder, Charlotte getting up and saying, you know, is that all you got? Like, I just, I, really good moment. I, yeah. I just think this is a really solid, really good rivalry, and it plays out really well over the course the of these story, 28 minutes. The story is almost better than the match to I, me. I, I, uh, still, yeah. I still stand by what I said about Imagine JR, because when she does the leg drop off the ladder, you, you, I can hear him saying, enough is enough! Enough with the damn ladder! I can just hear him screaming that after she does that leg drop because he's just like going, please end this, count this out. Because when he gets so when he gets frustrated, he's like he thinks the match has gone too far, and he's like, end this, please. Come on, Mike, just do a fast count and get it over with. So that brings Ugh. us to the hard part, the easy part. What are you talking about? It is episode forty-eight. We are creeping oh so close to our 50th landmark episode, which we announced on our then now whatever crossover episode last week. So if you didn't listen, you better go listen to it. Yeah. Uh, But we are 48 matches in, and where in the world do we think Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Evolution, where does it rank on our list of the 100 greatest matches of all time? 17. 17. That is up there, Paul. I know. That would make it right above Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard. Yes. Holy right, shit balls. Right below Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid. Yes. Please defend your position. <laughs> I don't feel like I have to. Watch the match. Okay, fine, I will. So, <laughs> this match, much like that one, was very brutal, but this was a different type of... This wasn't a, I'm going to punch the open cut in your forehead... This was like a, no, I'm going to fucking slam you into piles of chairs on and off ladders and powerbomb you through tables. I'm going to throw fucking cameras at you. I'm going to beat you with a kendo stick till you're covered in welts and bruises and the kendo stick breaks. I'm trying to end your career. That's what this match felt like to me. That's definitely what uh, Tully and... Uh, no, he was, trying to end, like. he was trying to end his life. life. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Uh, but this... this um, it's not the most brutal match we've done, but like, I feel like the way they handled the really, really scary spots, like anything involving like jumping onto or being slammed into a ladder, I feel like unless you've gotten like slammed onto one or jumped off one, you're like, oh shit, this is scary. Uh, jumping off a ladder is very scary. Uh, being slammed to a ladder is also very scary. So, or being thrown off of the off of like the top turnbuckle through a table—that that's scary. It's not fun to do. You know what I think is interesting though is that it looked like they they had done it before. Like they looked very natural doing those things. They did, I was good. despite that. That is like one of the scariest things yeah. you can do. Yeah. It's like, oh look, a twenty foot ladder. What's down there? A table. Right, and I have no interest on in being power bombed off the apron through a table like that. No, no, no. She's power bombed off the top turnbuckle. Turnbuckle. That's a solid ten foot drop. Yeah, no, thank you. May Young will do it. <laughs> she did do it at 74 years old. So, okay, let me go next because I have a very different opinion of this match than Paul does. Uh, these are two exceptional athletes who have an above average match. For me, it doesn't go too far up a list where we're ranking the 100 greatest wrestling matches of all time. What earns their spot on the list? Like, okay, okay so... Is it the fact that they did things you don't normally see women do in WWE? That's fair. Is it that uh, it was just a standout match on a very important night? Okay, that's fair. I think it's a good match. I don't think it holds the weight of the majority of the matches that we've covered. And I don't think it's the greatest story ever told inside of a squared circle. I, I just don't. I would put this match at 48. 
Maybe that's harsh. Uh, that's just where I am. That's a 30-point difference. You said that it doesn't hold the weight of the other matches on this list. Well, it does because the table didn't break. If, <laughs> if I go through this <laughs> Sounds list, like it's a, it's a closed case. Yeah. <laughs> no, the table held the weight. If I go through this list, there are at least... 24 matches that are less significant than this oh, one yeah. to me, Easily. at least. How? This is the first and only all-women's pay-per-view. This is a rivalry between two of the biggest women superstars in WWE history in the first match of its kind in the WWE. Yep. Okay? It's a big stage, even if it looks small. Yeah, there were, there were only 10,000 people there. But there's only 300 people watching Jones and Rocco. Good point. Right. I mean, I don't think the attendance takes away from that. The reality is it's the first and only WWE review. There were a lot of eyes on this match, whether it was then or later. I think it's significant. I think it's a huge step in the, you know, equality of women in professional wrestling. Um, and it's another one of the first. Now, I don't think every first is going to make it on this list. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know if you know Charlotte, Sasha, Helena Cell is going to make it. I don't know if you know some of these things. Some of the first, the first steel cage in the WWE isn't going to make it. You know, there's obviously other I, I, cage matches I in other promotions. We'd be more and likely to do like Becky, Sasha, Helena Cell. That match was a lot. Yeah, more that match was a lot better. I just, I don't think it's correct to diminish this moment and to diminish the value or the weight that this match holds because it's in front of 10,000 people. Like, I, I don't, I just don't think that's true. Like, no, it's not WrestleMania, but can you tell me a more important women's pay-per-view? There is no other Thank women's you. pay-per-view. The end. But, <laughs> but that's part of my point is this pay-per-view very well could have been, as Paul mentioned earlier, a reaction, not an intention. And so sort of as evident by the fact that we have where has WWE Evolution been for the past two years? I mean, there's still, I mean, the women, I, and, and I think this is something of note, that we don't talk about it as much. One, because they got a lot of the firsts out of the way. Yeah. And two, when First women are in bigger matches or stipulations or things like that, we don't bat an eye as much because it's not new anymore. Sure. I feel like the first Hell in a Cell, the first Elimination Chamber, the first Royal Rumble, they're at a point now, okay, we've done all these match types before, so now it's just, it's standard practice, so it's less of go out there, more like, go do it, and do it better. We're right, and so if we're not going to say that the first Women's Royal Rumble has to be on the list because it was that it held that much weight because it was the first women time women did like we can't measure it by that because then we would have to put all of those matches on well the no list. but i think it adds value to it i'm it not saying that it makes it automatically a qualifier i think it adds but value I, to it as well okay then it holds weight that's the point i'm trying to make it holds weight <laughs> okay okay don't <laughs> I, well, don't okay. misunderstand so don't no, okay so it oh holds my weight. god is it is it more important than Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon? Yeah. I think so. Is it more important than the world's cutest tag team versus the Young Bucks? <laughs> yeah. Is it more important than Rob Van Dam and Sabu versus Hayabusa and Jinsei Shinzaki? Yeah. Is it more important than, I don't know, I can keep going. You know what the point I'm trying to make here? I would rewatch all of those matches before I rewatch this well, one. That has nothing to do with the I, weight. I, I that has that. nothing to do with the weight. <laughs> oh I mean, nothing. And I wouldn't, by the way. But that has nothing <laughs> to do with the weight at all. Even a little bit. I'm just saying, if, I, the, if the question is about whoa. the importance of this match, it's not a question with half of these matches on this list. And I knew that this would be a controversial decision on my part. And listen, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I don't want to be known as the fanboy for women's wrestling. Like, I love women's wrestling, and I'm, and I'm not coming at this, I don't think, from a biased angle. I'm not trying to give them more credit than they're due. I'm just saying, when I look at this list of 48 matches now, I think that this match deserves a spot on the list. Do I think it deserves 17? No, I'm not that high either. <laughs> but I don't think it's dead last. Okay, no. let's talk about it. I think it's better than the first 10. So I'm, I'm probably sitting somewhere around 33. I, I, I think it's better than Bret Hart and British Bulldog at SummerSlam. Are you, 
are you reading my fucking mind? Because I was about to throw that number out. <laughs> so that's like, that's okay. where I'm at. When I when I crawl up the list one by one, that's where I land. He read my mind. I was like literally going to say, I said, well, I think I would put it just above the Royal Rumble match. I'm like, oh, <laughs> through a number. I'm like, okay. What do you think? I am going to step away because <laughs> at this point I'm fearing for my life. If both of you agree at 33, that's uh, fine with me. Well, no, I don't think it's throwing well, the towel. Uh, I was, I was and, and, say, like, I, and I think it's okay to be heated about this conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think we're actually mad. Like, no. I think we're just having a conversation. I think originally I was, was going to throw 34, but I could easily be talking to 33. Well, and we, I mean, 33 is a middle ground, sort of. It, between, it it's is. closer to Landon yeah. than it is to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I, don't, I don't know. Like, we... For 47 episodes, we've come to a, you know, unanimous decision in some way. So I think that has to continue here. And so, if you don't okay, think it's 33, so where, then talk me through it. Where I got my doesn't hold the weight comment from is looking at the list. Because that's what I do. Whenever I am looking at ranking something, I look at what else is on our list. Kind of what you have to do. And Yeah, I, th- I think we both do the same thing. Probably, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I don't know. Do you think we're ranking it by just fucking picking a number out of a bag? No, probably Come not. on, Landon. I mean, sometimes I think that's how Paul does it. No, but, when, I, uh, when I looked at the list, I'm like, man, the only difference between this and Tully and Magnum was the lack of blood. And so <laughs> when I look at the other matches we've done, we've used the argument that it was it holds so much weight because it was it did so much for women's wrestling at the time. So that's what I'm well, talking I think, about. I think what, this match did. So let me finish. It okay. held so much weight because it, it, it shifted women's wrestling as a whole, like Trish and Lita did, or like main eventing WrestleMania well, did. Well, those were... What did this match well, do hang to on. shift women's well, wrestling? Well, I okay. think the, it's, you can't really compare it to those because those weren't on all women's shows. Those were on co-ed shows and either... This is the very first time we've let them main event the show, like on that episode of Raw, or like they're main eventing WrestleMania. Holy shit, this is a big deal. How, how about because a year earlier they're doing this? I feel like if this was not on Evolution, if this was the main event of any other show, I think you'd have a different opinion of it. I think I think the fact that it is surrounded by what ten other matches. How many are on that? How many are on that card? I think that it being on like. It's like a double first, and I feel like if it was just the first, I feel like you'd probably have a different opinion on that. Um, if there are seven matches. Seven, okay, so this is this. Oh, gee, oh, good lord! Yeah, fuck the kickoff. I don't give a shit about the kickoff. Uh, nobody watched it anyway. So, um, Rhea Ripley was on the kickoff that night. Oh, really? Yeah, I want to go, go watch it now. Let's go watch it. <laughs> uh, Nobody watched it, though. <laughs> I, I didn't know. There, really there was kick- only 10,000 people the in the arena. And let's face it, for oh, the kickoff, yeah. there was probably only 6,000. So, <laughs> fuck. Well, it could be like the WrestleMania 32 kickoff where there's literally 100 people there. <laughs> the pre-show stopper. Um, so, okay. How about when you want to talk about uh, did it shift the women's revolution? Uh, how about... It defined Becky Lynch oh, absolutely. as a character. Because let me remind you, this is October 28th. We are two weeks away from her standing in the crowd with blood in her face staring yeah. at Ronda Rousey. And if she doesn't beat Charlotte Flair in a brutal match at Evolution, we don't get that moment. I don't think so. And I, 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 I want to point this out. Ronda Rousey said that Becky Lynch broke easily. But at WrestleMania 35, Ronda broke her hand on Becky. So she told uh, she told Ronda, "You broke your hand on the face that breaks easily." <laughs> it's I, I, just, I want to tell a story because I fucking love it's that a good shit. one. It, in a time where Ronda Rousey is the big draw, she's such a big name coming to WWE. It's huge. She's got the Raw Women's Title. You know, she's still in her first year in the WWE. This Charlotte Becky feud is what people were talking about. They were I talking so. about Becky becoming the man. Ronda, like that's what that's I, we know we talk about the summer of punk sometimes. And I don't want to say the fall of Lynch, right? Because it sounds like <laughs> she's failing. But that the, the second half of Lynch. The autumn of Lynch, the second <laughs> half of twenty eighteen was about her. all Becky Lynch. And it's pretty much leading about, up to WrestleMania. It's 35. all about Becky till thirty five. And it, it's still all about her until fuck SummerSlam. Yeah. Like she pretty much became the most popular person in that fucking company overnight. And I think it starts here. That's a great point. So 33. Ian, see you later. <laughs> no, I, I really, I, I can't necessarily argue against anything that you've said. I've just said how I felt about it. Yeah. And yeah. that's okay. Which is fair. I mean, I, 
I think we and I think we've all done matches where two of us really loved it and one of us really didn't. And I just think that's well, where we're at. We've right definitely now. done WrestleManias like that. Well, <laughs> that's me every time. <laughs> so this, I'm this Landon is, at every this is WrestleMania, WrestleMania okay. eight. Yeah, apparently. So it is what it is. I appreciate it for what it did for Becky Lynch, and I definitely appreciate it for being a night where we get to appreciate women's wrestling because yeah. I love women's wrestling as much as I the just, other people sitting at this table. I, although I stand by <laughs> what I said. This match just didn't do it for me. I stand by what I said, though. I think if this was the main event of another show and it wasn't on Evolution, I think you'd have a different opinion. Maybe. I really think because I'm sure that we all did this. I watched the entire show start to finish. Mm-hmm. And I feel like had I just cherry picked this one match, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, do it. I was like, yeah, yeah, I've already seen five other matches. Let's do this. Well, All right, cool. This do, is a better one. We do, to be fair, talk about you know, and and we we let it carry the weight of the show it's on sometimes to a degree, right? Because we talk about it's important because of the stage it was on. Yeah, we but, do and, use that as a rating tool. And I feel like this is the feud that put butts in the seats. And I just think that, especially going back, if you if you view this match full picture. And, like, yes, some matches on this list make it because it's a great match and there's no build before or after, right? Kurt Angle, Undertaker. It's a great match. Yeah, it's just Nothing happened, right? Um, some matches make there it on this card. list where the match isn't as good, but the story is fucking great. And if and I watched every SmackDown for four months <laughs> leading up to this match, and I did that this week, right, prepping for this show. Um, as a complete story, it's one of the better stories they've told in this decade. I just and I just and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is uh, you know totally your call. But they literally made a megastar out of Becky Lynch with this feud. Unarguable. She, she became the face of the company. She yeah. she literally went from like oh she's the workhorse champion she's the cha- she's the she's the champ that like the hardcore fans like to living. No, she's the fucking man. It doesn't matter who you are, top to bottom. Everybody fucking loves her. Yep. And I think that's, that's more, never more evident than her heel turn backfiring and her she's, becoming the. Biggest baby face in the company. The one they chose to put over Ronda Rousey and the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah, like, and then it, it turned around into, no, Ronda's going to put her over because, holy shit, this is the closest we've gotten to another Stone Cold, and we're not going to waste that. Right, Ronda put her over. I, I, yeah. I guess put over, I meant to well, say. Well, no, no, I think originally she was going to put over Ronda, but they're like, we cannot do that. We have, there's no way. They we gave cannot. it to Becky over Ronda. Like that is a yeah. huge statement. Mm-hmm. And even, even if the finish was botched, it didn't matter because you and I, we, I was here, we watched that match together and you and I were like, fuck yeah, she did it. Oh, I had, I did not care that it was botched at all. I didn't even yeah. notice until yeah. it was pointed out to me. Cause I was like, I was so fucking happy that she was holding both belts and her Bruce Lee, uh, Leotard. So, so good. Loved it. Uh, which is why it's so weird watching like these 2017, 2018. Yeah, where she's Becky wearing Lynch. like the. Steampunk I know it's pre-man gear. Becky. Yeah, it's so it's weird to me. I don't know why. <laughs> and um, she's not walking out with a plain black T-shirt that just says "the man" on it. Go I'm watch. Like, go back this? and watch her NXT debut. Oh, I know oh, exactly. It's <laughs> cringeworthy. <laughs> cringeworthy. Oh wearing gosh, her fucking so lime green uh, with her like literally like the same color red as Spencer's tracksuit here, just red. <laughs> like that's not your real hair color, ma'am. <laughs> I have, I have watched... It's not my real hair color either. I know. <laughs> but I, I have watched the fucking shimmer where she just had brown hair because it's her real hair color. Right, right. So, okay, so, Landon, let me ask you this question uh, as, as I'm sure you're ready to not talk about this anymore. Um, <laughs> when this match makes 100 matches, when this list makes 100 matches, does this match, in your mind, deserve a spot out of, out of 100? 100%. I definitely don't want to say that it doesn't earn a spot on the list. That's not what I'm saying. But we haven't even covered half of the matches that we're going to cover yet. Mm -hmm. So just because I put it at the bottom of the matches out of the 48 we've done so far doesn't mean I think it's going to be 100 out of 100. Oh, hell no. Right. I'm pretty sure TLC is probably going to be 100. <laughs> so then I think that we can agree on a spot to put it because as we've said, especially um, as we get more and more matches on this list, uh, the end of season surveys are going to be even more important, right? To hear what you guys think and your feedback on these matches and where you think they should rank on our list of the greatest of all time. So we can sort of put a pin in it here and rank it somewhere just to put it. And then towards the end of the season, if we need to move it around, we can. And I think that's fair. Um, so do we do we want to do 33 just to have it there? Or do we want to move it further down, closer towards Landon's? 
If you guys said Wait. 33, why don't we just well, rank on. it? Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. 40. What's 40? That's Punk Taker. Yeah, no, I think Punk Taker's the better match. Okay, okay. 41. It's Canadian Stampede. Is this match better or worse than Canadian okay, hang Stampede? On. Hang on. Final offer, 42. That puts it just above Gail Kim Awesome Kong. Final offer. Yes, I would okay. put it above Gail Kim Awesome Kong. Do you accept I, my I deal? Well, I would like to bump it one, at least, over Canadian Stampede because I think it's better than Canadian Stampede. Well, think about Canadian Stampede is the that crowd. Is, that matches about the crowd. <laughs> well, no, that matches. It's a uh, you know what? Match. I don't think that I don't think that match holds the weight. <laughs> if I'm being totally fair. No, the crowd. There I, were ten people in that ring. It holds the weight. Trust me. <laughs> when I said forty-two, that was like literally like it's the lowest I would go. <laughs> like, okay, we're not going any lower than forty-two. What do you think? Forty-two. He he agreed with me on forty-two. I mean, I don't. I think it's better than Kenny Stampede. But for, I the do sake, too. for the sake of agreeing, we'll, we'll stick with 42, okay. and then we'll see how things stand at the end. I think this will be one of those matches that is this probably going to get bumped up. I think, I think you should so. put it at 33 because both of you agreed on that, and that's we did. how we've done this in the past. But I, th- I, I feel like in other instances in the past, we've been able to sway the third person a lot more than yeah. we were able to sway you. Like, you were... Stone Cold. Uh, I, I didn't want you to say 33 just because we both agreed. I wanted you to find a number that you were like, I accept that. Right. I've never, I don't think in 48 episodes, I've walked away from the table thinking that we just drug someone with us. Yeah, I didn't want to do I that. And I feel like I we're dragged. I felt that way about you. Before. I don't think. No. Me, me dragging so. you somewhere? No, we, we drug you. Oh, no, yeah, I, for, but, for many but I've, I've never felt that way. Like, okay. I, I've felt like it ranked higher than I thought and maybe no, higher don't. than I wanted it, but I've never felt. Injustice. Of the only kind, time I think know? the only time with those injustices was WrestleMania eight, but that's a different process. <laughs> those are numbers. That's scientific. <laughs> yeah, hey, the yeah, numbers it's don't. Si- lie. It's a scientific method. So that's, that's that's probably the only time I think he would have felt like that. <laughs> if you want, if you want to hear our thoughts on WrestleMania eight, be sure to become a five dollar patron. That's right. Last Mania standing. It's the best. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, if you if you think we're arguing now, go go listen to those episodes. <laughs> At least that one we have like rating number system, yeah. so it's a little bit different. <laughs> we don't have to agree on anything. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Um, 42, Paul. Uh, 42 or the meaning of life. Four. 42. Okay. 42. Uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, the 42nd greatest match of all time to this point. Uh, we have one match to go before we hit our 50th match milestone. And, and it's going to be a doozy. Man, I can't wait. Uh, until episode 49, I'm Spencer. I'm Lord Paul. And I'm Landon and also terrified for my life. <laughs> And this is our last ever episode. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long ride, and we loved it. <laughs> no, we'll be back next week, just yeah, we'll, we'll without Landon. Uh, <laughs> and this is Last, last Match Did I tell you guys I'm a lord now?